Um, so I think most of us in the United States understand that there's no guarantee that our kids are going to get any sort of health education. And I think it tends to be broken down along gender lines. Like if there's a mother figure and a father figure in the house, then it just kind of feels like that's an expectation. The mom's supposed to talk to the girls about it and the dad's supposed to talk to the boys. The conversations we engage in with Gyno Girl. Through these conversations, mothers always emerge. They surface, either in presence or presence in absence, even if only for a moment. Welcome to another episode of Gyno Girl. Is this the part where we should just start chanting vagina? Vagina, vagina. (laughs) This episode is a talk. A talk with my mother about the talk, or the absence of a talk, the looming talk, the longing talk, the talk about women's health and our bodies, that talk. I invite you to listen in. Maybe it'll feel familiar or maybe it won't. That's okay. Well, I don't think that's a good system. (laughs) I mean, I guess it could be a good system, but... I mean, my mom just... Polly, for the love of God, lay down. You're going to have to, like, shut her in her room. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, like... Yeah, you were just telling me about your mom. Well, you know, I mean, she was really busy because I was the oldest of six and so if you think when I was 10 she'd just given birth to my baby sister and then she had a two-year-old and a four-year-old and a six-year-old and an eight-year-old and a ten-year-old and her oldest child was just getting ready to go off to college. So she was busy a lot. We didn't sit down and talk a lot because it was just life and then every talk was sort of filtered through the church so And it would have felt weird and awkward. It was just, it was like an official relationship. You wouldn't ask a question. And so I I didn't ever think of her as a person to go to and ask those questions. I mean, first of all, if you were asking those questions, it would be weird because you might be exposing that you'd done something sinful or wrong, even though I wasn't doing anything. Like, why would you be asking those questions? Going into these recording sessions, I didn't think that I would be listening to my mother talk about her relationship with her mother, about their relationship around women's health, about the conversations they had or, well, didn't have. I didn't think that I would be sitting at the kitchen table in my childhood home baking muffins and listening. But of course, that's where this conversation starts, or twists and turns and threads, the relationships that move through and with us, over and in and around the years. My mother and my relationship around women's health isn't isolated. Her mother is there with us, and my grandmother's mother. There's so many. So many women are a part of our story, part of our conversation. Where I go to in my head is just thinking about natural family planning, because mom was a teacher of natural family planning. So the Catholics, they believe that contraception is a sin. So you can't use any method of contraception. So when I was, you know, like in elementary school, I went to a Catholic elementary school, and so there wouldn't be any sex ed then. So I went to a youth group, but I didn't really like it. We just watched a lot of John Wade movies, because I don't know why. 
but remember them talking about using a classic example about how you shouldn't kiss because if you kiss it leads to other you know it leads to sex yeah and they use this example of a you put a frog into a boiling pan of water and it'll jump right out. You put in a frog into a cold pan of water and slowly heat it up and it'll stay in the pan. So like if you like get more and more accustomed to like sexual acts, then you'll have sex. But if you like never do anything, then you won't have sex. You know, I was always like a detail person and a very sort of legalistic. So I, at the adult classes, I was arguing with the priest, like where is swearing a sin? And, and he said, well, it's not really a sin. And I said, yeah, it's just like there's nowhere in the Bible it's that swearing is sin, except if you take the name of the Lord, your God, in vain, mm-hmm. or if you damn someone or something to hell, because that's an evil intent. But fuck, shit, those are just vulgar. There's not a sin to do. And so everything yeah. was filtered through the morality of sinfulness. So after that, I was like, you know, motherfuck, <laughs> it's, it's not sinful at all. But, and that kind of affected my thinking of everything. So it was like, well, if sex is the evil, nothing else other than sex is bad. So, you know, whatever you want to do, like oral sex, whatever, anything like that, that's not sex. So that's all fine. I didn't really buy the gateway sex story. It, to me, it's very funny because raised deeply Catholic, and by deeply Catholic, I mean traditional Catholic. The, the Catholic Church is crystal clear on things, and the sacraments are huge, and not using contraception is a huge deal. And I think a lot of Catholics, they're just like, well, contraception is not actually a big deal. Like, they can't make the connection as to why contraception is a sin. So they just say, because it's so culturally accepted and because I can't figure out why it would be wrong, I'm just going to say, it's okay. And it's not a sin. It's like, well, you know, you're still going to spend a bunch of time in purgatory for that. So I think they don't talk about it a lot because they don't think it's important or serious, but it is still important and serious to the Catholic Church. As the Catholic Church has taken a huge fundamental doctrinal stance against contraception and natural family planning as part of that to allow women some control. My mom had me go to one of the classes that she taught on the natural family planning. And I don't remember feeling uncomfortable or weird with it or bad with it. And I remember being proud of her that she did it. It was kind of like a little mini business that she did. I just remember always thinking she never made enough money. Like she didn't make a lot of money. And yeah, she put in a lot of time and a lot of effort. But I remember being really proud of her for doing that. (sighs) But eventually it does get to us. Us in that little kitchen. Us when the muffin bell dings. Us while my mother is folding clothes. Us. Well, I read this article that said that you should talk to your kids about all this stuff between like 8 and 12. But, I mean, I don't think either one of us necessarily had a background of a memory or a notion of how to do talks about any of this since I had never experienced any talks about any of this. There's never really an us. My mother's relationship with women's health and her health were shaped by her conversations with her mother and experiences growing up. And those experiences involved very little conversation, very little dialogue on women's health. So when my mother had a daughter, 
me. How was she to approach these conversations if she'd never had them herself as a daughter? It wasn't like people were like, oh, here's a book on periods. I mean, the poop book was a big deal, and that was like after all of this. So (laughs) is there even a book that you read to your eight-year-old about periods? I don't even know if there's a book right now that you like, like, here's the deal. It's, It's just like you're talking to a kid who does not want to hear about it. The kids are not, you never were just like walking into the room going, hey, tell me all about this stuff. You know, it's not like you're talking to a 20 year old who you can view as a peer. You're talking to a kid and you're trying to think through how to talk to a kid. And so it's just very hard. The American Girl Doll book is one that my generation of girls. Yes, we got, we I, all and other it. parents said, like, get the American all, Girl Doll. We I all knew. How that like everyone has people that book. told other people that this was a good book and everyone liked the American Girls and it was like what was available. I mean it's not even like Amazon was a deal. I mean, you went out to buy this. Yeah, you gotta go to the store and you, and we're in a little tiny rural town. So it just feels like it was just trying to figure out when is a good time and what is a good resource to present a little bit of information and then run away. <laughs> There's an acceptance of not knowing and then taking the steps to learn or to learn together that my mother had to acknowledge. And while my mother tried to have more conversations with me surrounding women's health than she had herself as a daughter, while she went to our small town bookstore to purposefully buy the American Girl Doll Women's Health Book. Throughout the years, it felt more like a presence of absence rather than a presence with these conversations between my mother and I surrounding women's health and our bodies. Probably just breaks out through strands. So like if there was a mother who talked to her daughter and shared her personal experiences with her daughter, then that daughter's more likely to share her personal experience. As like, and you doing the podcast where you're asking other women to share their personal experiences is kind of shattering um shattering silence and shattering barriers in a way these conversations what we're saying and what we're not is being passed down from mother to daughter mother to daughter generation to generation and that is something we should be talking about. In the one podcast you did, multiple people were talking about being nervous about whether or not they should shave or what sort of hygiene they should have before they went in for their first pap smear. I was like, well, that is just obviously what everyone thinks about, but nobody talks talks about. about. No one would talk about that. So just by you putting that in your podcast, it was like a shattering for people. Even if it's not a mom-daughter, I think whoever would listen to that would go, Oh, this is something that's normal for people to think about. And so maybe I would share that then with my daughter if I ever had a daughter. Like, it wouldn't be so weird. I'm sure, as you all already know or have gotten to know as you've been listening, this talk, this talk between and with my mother and I, isn't the talk. I don't even think there is a the talk. 
You know, I don't really have any big words of wisdom leaving this conversation for you all, other than the fact that I never regret these conversations. The only reason I remember my first time is because, like, (laughs) Curtis, you're calling me. (laughs) Help me! Such a sad story. (laughs) I didn't want to be that mom. (laughs) (laughs) No one wants to be that mom. No one wants to be the person who's like, stop bothering me! I just remember, like, Alyssa Stites' class, right, where that was our sex education, and, like, we finished the class in fifth grade, and we got those bags, and in the bag was, like, the biggest fucking pad you would ever see. Yeah. It was, like, made it felt like half your blood would be, like, leaving you. It made it into, like, this horrifying event. So when I got it, and I, like, went into the downstairs bathroom, so I know what to do, but still, like, there's blood coming out of my vagina. Yeah. This is, like, the worst thing. Right. Like, regardless of how prepared you are, you're just like, this is wrong. (laughs) I'm dying. That was a stressful first period. But then you forced me to try tampons later, so... Not you. When did you try them? You took a long time to try them. You didn't try them until you went to college. Really. I know you made me. Uh huh. Before you went to college. Do you not remember this? No. You said you one of your things that you have to do before we leave is practice putting a tampon in. And that first, was good, mom. Because right I had it. to learn to do it with my college roommates helping me. You can just say thanks for listening to another episode of Gyno Girl. Okay. Thanks for listening to another episode of Gyno Girl. I love you. You're so cute. Is that how you'd sign off? What would be your sign off for Gyno Girl? Very stressful. (laughs) The only thing that came to my head was toodles, and I don't know why. I've never heard you say the word toodles. I know, I've never said toodles. Moms, am I right? We are living in a material world, and I am a material girl. Living in a material world, and I am a material girl. That's so good! Do it again. Do it again. Okay. <laughs> You're living in a material world, and I am a material girl. I think it was just those words. <laughs>